0: Figure. We've never wavered
1: in that vision. his Everything you hold worthwhile is this stake. Beyond yourself and ourselves. I have a dream. Freedom is indivisible. So I took the initiative in creating the internet. That has come with
0: incredible rapidity. One electrical arc after another.
1: Still trying to get myself
0: tested it really is a revolution welcome to the hustle system podcast where we dissect the patterns of success and failure for top entrepreneurs business leaders and influencers in the world today today in the studio with me we have mr adam Barr of rtb financial group um, great guy and one of the top people when it comes to mindset as it relates to finance. That I know he's helped me personally a lot in uh, my finances, and he's influenced a lot of other influential people that I know as it relates to their finances. Adam, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Super energized.
0: Ah, super energized. You look pumped. You look, you look just pumped yeah. in the zone. I, 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 I want, yeah. I want to have someone what what you're having, man. Um, I, I love it. I love it. So. So let, let's do this. Let's kind of um, kickstart for the guests that might be listening that are not familiar with you. If you could do a quick little, you know, authority blurb and uh, maybe do a, like a short little life story. You know, let, let's treat this as a first date for the viewers. That they get to sit down across the table from you and get to know a little bit about you.
1: Sure. Thank you again, Mikhail, for giving me the opportunity to share the story. So I grew up in a very, very tough neighborhood. Son of a single mom who had five kids. Grew up in an abusive environment was bullied for a long time and then at some point growing up in one of the foster homes that i was uh, attending the father was a mentor to me he was an attorney an american attorney he showed me the way to really like you know get out of my comfort zone and be courageous and not accept my reality as the future reality and because of that reason i chose to come to america and pursue the american dream so i came here to america in new york with $400 in my pocket, with no language, no friends, nobody really to turn to if I didn't succeed or if I failed. And um, I made a life for myself. And in my mid-20s, uh, was doing a lot of business. I had about 20 businesses and was really super, you know, honored and happy and lucky to learn the entrepreneurship journey. And um, despite all the challenges that he brought in, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about what I wanted to create in the world, what legacy I wanted to leave. And after a tough injury that crushed my voice box, I ended up in Los Angeles wondering, you know, what should I have done differently to be better prepared, to be better planned? And that's how I got into the financial world. And that's what I've been doing for the last decade plus years. And and now I'm in investments and technology and super excited to be here with you.
0: Love it, man. I love it. So so let, let's break down a little bit more of why should people continue listening here. I think entrepreneurship has th- these two trends, right? One is kind of like the young hustler entrepreneur that's like, yeah, go get it. You know, the Gary V kind of hustle model. But the top entrepreneurs that I see, they also implement a lot of this kind of more old school. I, I don't necessarily love the word fiscal responsibility. But that's really what it comes down to is, you know, at the end of the day, you are a business, right? If you're an entrepreneur, you run a business and there's certain rules that if you, if you follow they're going to make running that business and scaling that business a lot easier for you whereas if you don't know the rules. So, can you maybe talk a little bit about what's your approach for let's say financial planning for entrepreneurs like for those those people that are that are listening that maybe, you know, maybe they have a small company or are thinking about starting a company, um, you know, let's say 10-15 people or less. What are the biggest mistakes that you see people make when they're in that startup phase?
1: Sure, that's a great question and thank you again for asking. One of the things that I would say right off the get go is Not really focusing about the money as a mean to an end, but focusing about it as a destination or part of the things of setting the GPS. Because I believe, and I share this a lot with the people that I work with, that when we aim at nothing, we hit it with amazing accuracy. I'll repeat that again. When we aim at nothing, we hit it with amazing accuracy. So if we don't have a goal, you know, a numerical goal that we can quantify, then we're really aiming at nothing. And so, you know, what happens when you don't have a destination, you drive around in circles and you don't really accomplish what you want to accomplish, or you arrive somewhere, but really later and without efficiency, and then you have to figure out things along the way which when you have a destination, our brain is a really powerful tool that helps us reverse engineer what we want to accomplish. So whether you want to make a hundred thousand a year, a hundred thousand a month, a million dollars a month, that is creating a destination. And that's what all of us entrepreneurs have in mind when we set a destination, whether it's like a certain outreach for people, whether it's a legacy, whether it's a financial number, all of that is set in a destination and we reverse engineer the steps to get to that destination.
0: So it sounds like what you're saying is a lot of entrepreneurs get into the business and, and they want to just do stuff. They kind of are like, Yay, I've got a t shirt company or, you know, I want to do this, but they don't really set a clear financial endpoint, a financial target for themselves. And so to be more aggressive about setting those targets and that's definitely that's definitely accurate. You know, I remember I used to think like ten thousand a month was a lot of money. Right. Yeah. And I was like, Oh man, I can't wait to hit 10,000 a month. And then I I went past it. I'm like, um, oh man, that's not even real. uh, Like I felt like so silly. Right. Um, and I think there's a, a very, very interesting component that comes up as a part of this and that's fear setting and limiting beliefs. So this idea that, you know, how do you set that goal? Like, how do you go about setting that BAG, that big audacious goal and don't uh, down regulate yourself, can you may- maybe talk a little bit about that like like what what is the limiter that, for example, you had? Did you maybe have a point in your life where you know you achieved something that you set out to do, and the thought was, oh man, I really should have set that like what, a way bigger goal. Can you maybe talk about that?
1: Yeah, you know, when I was eleven years old after getting abused in uh, school, all boys school, I wanted to be the number one in the country in fitness and bodybuilding. And I remember going to the gym, it was, you know, at the time it was in a basement, like small gym, and I talked to the manager and I said, Hey, you know, I really wanna work out. I have this dream that I wanna be the number one in the country. Like I wanted to be Mr. Israel. And, you know, I remember this big guy, tall, like six, four foot, and he was just laughing at me. He was like Wow. And I was saying to myself, right, how does this guy know my passion? How does he know what I can accomplish my motivation, my, you know, tenacity, right? He didn't really know what I had inside. And so I said to myself, I'm going to accomplish it. And for an 11 year old boy, you know, being the number one in the country, that's, that's really like, you would think unrealistic but what happened i kept working out i kept competing putting myself out there and making myself uncomfortable with all those guys who like had a lot more tools to use than i had at the time because i came from a poor background you know i just kept at it and at 15 i won the number four in the country and i was like wow this is like all this hard work is actually paying off and i kept going and kept going and then you know at 19 i became the youngest uh, national champion and um and and then I remember looking at in the mirror and I'm saying, okay, wow, I actually did this. Now what? what else can I manufacture in my brain to challenge myself? And, you know, we talk a lot about getting comfortable being uncomfortable. So the moment that we have accomplished something already that is pretty big, we prove to ourselves that we can do it. And now what's the next opportunity that we can conquer, that we can accomplish that will stretch the comfort zone or put us on the court for us to be something extraordinary. That's always raising the bar. That's really what it is. Raising the bar. Yeah,
0: that's a, that's a good uh, shameless plug there for, uh, <laughs> for you. You're like, yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> hit, hit the branding on the head, man. I, I love it. And I mean, you kind of brushed over that, but that's actually a pretty big deal, right? I mean, you went from having this dream as an 11-year-old kid to hitting that by the time you were 19, right? And I mean, let's talk about the work ethic that it takes to do that. Let's talk about, you know, the idea of horse blinders, right? This concept that if you really want something, you have to pursue it relentlessly. You have to put that first. So can you maybe talk about that journey from, from 11 to 19? What are some of the things that maybe you put aside or you sacrificed in order to get that goal because like, that's, that's actually pretty impressive of an achievement right that's not like a small achievement like you ended up being what M- mr israel right for that,
1: mr israel and mr california
0: for those uh, that are listening that you know aren't familiar with bodybuilding that's that's a lot of competition that's a lot of pushing through resistance that's a lot of really reinventing i think your self-perception and the limits that you have and the things that you're capable of so let's maybe talk for a minute about about sacrifice. The reason why I say that is because a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs, but they're not willing to give up the three hours of TV or the nights at the club or whatever those things are. And part of what we do on this podcast and the YouTube channel and everything is really hammer home that like, it's okay. It's okay to not be the quote cool kid at the club so so talk about that journey that you had.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that um, is a common misconception is people think that fitness or bodybuilding is just physical. And I would argue that a lot of it is more in the mindset and more of the heart and the passion and the you know, being relentless in continuing what you set for yourself to accomplish. So, and it's really interesting because, you know, what happens when you actually work out in the first month, first day, in the first week, in the first hours, when you look in the mirror, like when you work out the first week, nothing really happens. And, you know, a lot of people look at that and say, oh my God, nothing really happens. And then, now it's probably not going to work. I don't have the genetics. I don't have this. But is that really true? Because what happens if you continue and you do that for three months? All of a sudden there's small increments. And what are you really doing? The, the physical part of what you're doing when you work out, you actually injuring the muscle and you're tearing tissue, right? This is what we talk about challenges. And we equate it to what happened in today's business world, right? Do you creating additional challenges and you get in rejection and you get in the nose and you tearing something to be able to fix it and to supersede the accomplishment that you had last time. But it doesn't happen right away. It happens over time. You know, we say a lot that small drops fill big buckets, right? And those small increments that every day, every little day, right? You read the slight edge that it talks about little changes bring tremendous, humongous results. And when it's hard to go out there and work out, when you don't have the time, when people call you out to go out to parties, when you don't have the money to buy for the food, when you don't want to be disciplined, when you don't want to work out for hours, when people laugh at you, when people kind of bully you to think that you're less of yourself, those are the times that we get tested. And those are the times that our character is actually being challenged. And how we handle those situations in private, right? It's not only in public. People think that we have to show it off and showcase it, but the real decisions to be extraordinary happens in private. You know, what do you do when you can't, when you don't have the money to go into the gym, or you can't even get a membership at the gym, right? How do you overcome and you reframe that problem as an opportunity? And remember that you, in the future, when you accomplish it, you have a bigger story to tell because you have accomplished those things despite all the challenges. So every day carrying this in, in my heart, you know, when it was tough, I kept going on and going on when I got injured and when I didn't have the means, I just kept that purpose and my why, my deep why, why I wanted to be successful. And you can translate it to any industry today not only the physical not only in business not only financial not only spiritual any one of those you know environment can you can translate it to that's really beautiful i'm i'm, I'm
0: pumped up i, I like i want to go like hit the bench press now i'm just like just like man yeah it's like that's like a motivational video we should we should cut that and put music behind it and you, you know i, I kind of make it make a make a fun thing out of it but that's that's really huge you know, for myself, I've I've shared my life story and you know moments of, of complete breakdown. I think we've all had that, and that's that's what people don't see. People, you don't post that on social media. That's not you know your most liked Instagram story or your most liked Instagram post or your your most famous YouTube video. You never get that because humans are are kind of fickle in a way, right? We all we respond really well to strength and, and weakness. Kind of freaks us out, and often when we find ourselves in moments of weakness, we find ourselves alone. And we talk a lot about that, like on this channel and podcast, because especially as an entrepreneur, right? Because when, when you set out on this journey, you, you say, hey, I'm going to break away from it. I'm going to do something that's different. I'm going to do something that I care about. I'm going to do something that I'm passionate about, that I feel will make an impact in the world. So that by that moment, when, when I'm old and I'm gray and I'm ready to die, I feel like I've, I've lived the life I was supposed to live. I didn't just you know run on this treadmill And that comes with a lot of difficulties and challenges, and there's really not enough information out there for people to deal with a couple of factors. One is the the psychological factors that come from you know, take, for example, having employees, right? If you, if you have a company and you have, let's say, 75 people that depend on you, that's, that can be a heavy burden if not approached appropriately. It could also be a great opportunity to get excited, but nobody really talks about, wow, how do you, how do you go about, you know, go to at Night where like, wow, if your company takes like 75 people's lives are affected and all of their families are affected, uh, you're now affecting, you know, thousands of people across the board. I'd le- I want to really unpack one thing that you kind of brushed over that I thought was really huge, is this idea of destroying the old self. So this this idea that, you know, you have this vision, and I think with weightlifting especially, it's huge. I think with entrepreneurship, it's huge. Where to become that next iteration, to evolve, you have to destroy something. There's something that has to kind of give way and you have to let that thing go. Can you maybe like unpack what challenges you face there? And maybe if you can talk about how to better approach from a mindset perspective, this idea of maintaining that measurable progress in reasonable time. So, so the destruction of the old self, breaking that down. And then as you move forward, w- what are some things that you did when, when things got really tough?
1: So one of the things that uh, I heard and really stuck with me that the distance between us and success is about seven inches. You know, Some would say 10 inches depending on how big our head is, right? It's <laughs> the mindset that we have and the negative self-talk, I call it self-defeating thoughts. And what we talk to ourselves, what we tell ourselves on a regular basis, and it's really amazing what happens when we're listening we actually tuning in and listening to how the chatter up there, what it does to us on a regular basis. And that's usually one of the most damaging things that we have. And, you know, people think that those of us who have been successful and have accomplished things, we don't have those things. Actually, to the contrary, we have very big negative self-talk. But what we do to it and how we destroy or really re-channel that energy or reframe that problem as an opportunity, is what makes us different. And do I not have negative self-talks like, oh, I can't do that. I came from a tough background, from a poor neighborhood. You know, I was a skinny little boy. I was like way below average when I started working out. And people used to laugh at me how gentle and fragile I was. So that's something that continue to like walk with you even though when you get bigger you know people talk about bigorexia and those all of those you see those huge people that think they're smaller than you know it's mm-hmm. not big enough for them right so all of that comes from that self-negative thought and when you destroy that talk it's you're never really going to eliminate it but you're going to be able to channel that energy differently to create something, to reframe that thought, to make it a positive thought. Because from everything negative, you can create multiple positive things for yourself. We say in entrepreneurship, right, when you think there is no way, create another two ways, right? Yeah. Or three, right? When, when you think there's no way, just create another way when there's no way make one and you know, whether it was when I was homeless, where I didn't have an opportunity to get food or where I didn't have an opportunity to be able to work out, you know, when my, I was helping my mom when, you know, I didn't have a car to go to the gym. Where you know where I, I got injured, all of those things, all those challenges just made me a stronger human being, and every one of those things that you overcome just proves to yourself that you could be even more powerful, and you just make your capacity expand and again, we can never get comfortable whenever we achieve something, we want to get something bigger, and that's really what true entrepreneurship and and what entrepreneurs do.
0: That's amazing, man. So that's, that's, that's quite a journey through the forest of, of positive thoughts there all the way up to um, the mountain of achievement uh, and it, really beautiful insights. Thank you for sharing that. There's this concept of the never enough paradigm, right? That I think almost every entrepreneur has. That's really what drives people to, I think, become entrepreneurs is this, this idea that like, okay, nine is not good enough. I'm going to get out of that. And then what happens is they get kind of trapped into a monster of their own making where they're like, Oh, this business isn't big enough. It's not big enough. It's not big enough. Not big enough. Um, so let, let's, let's kind of pivot a little bit here because I think what you do, that's really well, and I kind of touched on this kind of new school old school approach and you're really kind of kind of a sweet spot in the middle from the time that I've spent you know, hanging out with you in person, et cetera, where you understand the kind of new school entrepreneurial hustle, that I think a lot of people aspire to on the younger generation. But you also have a lot of this great insight and wisdom and input from more proper systematic ways of doing things. So as it relates to that never enough paradigm, specifically as it relates to finance, can you maybe talk about you know, what does your journey look like from becoming Mr. Israel, Mr. California to then finance? And what are some of the things that you, you help people with currently in the financial space? Uh, and if you can touch on that kind of never enough paradigm paradigm, because I think a lot of people are like, I want the ten million dollars now. It's like, well, if you just, you know, if you just approach things correctly, then you can uh, do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, after I went to bodybuilding and came to New York, I got injured in a basketball injury um, in a basketball game. Someone elbowed me by accident and crushed my voice box. And here I am. Yeah, very very painful. Here I am in New York alone. Yeah, I was uh, being successful in, in business, but all of a sudden I, I lost my most important tool, which is my voice, my ability to communicate. I couldn't speak for almost a year, had to have multiple surgeries. And you know, when we're young and like buff and like strong, we never think that we will have anything go wrong with us. And all of a sudden I find myself without the ability to speak, with no health insurance, and now not knowing what to do. And so I was fine because I saved some money and that kind of saved me. But I learned that it wasn't about the money that I made it's about what I was able to keep. And I saw that because I didn't really have a plan, I got myself into a situation again where I had to reinvent myself and restart everything from the beginning. And that's what made me start reading books like Think and Grow Rich, you know, The Automatic Millionaire, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, all of those good books, uh, The Intelligent Investors by Buffett. You know, by, um, you know, Buffett's mentor. So all of those things had me understand that, okay, I knew good things about business and I had a lot of knowledge about business, but I didn't know how to handle money, how to make it grow better, how to have other people's money make my money grow. I mean, all of those things that we hear, but not having maybe a practical experience in it and I really was passionate about to learn about it and then I realized how many people are not familiar with those concepts because one of the things that we see in finance and investments it's not something that we learn in school a lot of times it's from us wanting to learn this it's from the environment the family you know maybe mentors that we associate with and it, it doesn't really have like a curriculum that teach you how to be successful in investments, how to you know accelerate the your investments to make it something really really extraordinary right and so i got into the financial world and like you said i started with a, a big corporation a fortune 100 company and that's where i learned a lot of the things that i know today in terms of how to do it in a structured way but at the same time i wanted to bring the creativity and the entrepreneurial spirit into, you know, how we are today, how the millennials, you know, a lot of people criticize the millennials, but I think the millennials bring some innovations and bring ways of thinking and creativity that we may not had it in the past. And the corporate way of thinking is maybe too structured. And today, you know, we have different ways of creating wealth you know we have a lot more acceleration we have a lot more uh, global and universal reach than we had in the past so you know when we listen to millennials and when we work with millennials of the sun we see that if you marry it with corporate ideas and corporate structures and systems it becomes all of a sudden like a superpower and that's what i'm committed to bring into the financial world and so what we help people is in, is in different phases right we want people to look at you know how you build wealth right once you build it how you grow once you have a good foundation how do you grow your assets and investment is it efficient is it inefficient is it going to be taxable is it going to be non-taxable Is it going to be risky? Is it going to be safe? What are the smart money strategies and the 1% strategies that you can learn for yourself and you can create for yourself, for the community, for the next generation, if you're married and you have kids or, you know, if you're charitably inclined, how can you make like a big footprint? Uh, that is philanthropic, right? And then, you know, how do you create distribution that is efficient? You know, a lot of people think about just the growth of it, but we talked about how it's not only about what you make, it's about what you get to keep the account. So yeah, maybe you're successful for a number of years and you're making seven figures or eight figures or more, but all of a sudden, you know, taxes take half of it. You know, there's some fluctuation in the market that really make it, you know, a lot smaller and all of a sudden personal challenges and you know, all of a sudden you're starting again from scratch. So about reserving, you know, and, and, and the objective changes with life changes and with the stages that we, you know, reach in life. And so that's why building it, growing it, enjoying it, which is the distribution phase and then creating a sharing strategy or legacy strategy. Now, a lot of people don't know what the reason Buffett gave like $40 billion, right? I mean, the guy is super smart, right? A lot of people respect him for his knowledge. He created a tremendous amount of wealth. But he gives not only because of the kindness of his heart. Yeah, he's kind, but also there is preservation techniques and skipping generation wealth creation that he's doing by giving $40 billion to charity. And we've seen a lot of people in his shoes that are doing similar things. And there's real reasons why this is being done. And that's what we show people how to create you know, a total reward and a total system for themselves, not only to, to create and generate income and cash flow now, but how to preserve it, how to grow it, and how to create a significant legacy for the future.
0: Man, that's a, that, that's, a, that's amazing. And that's that's actually why I was so excited. I mean, among the, the, the positive psychology and you just being an amazing human amidst the, the planet of, of humans, you know, you're definitely one of my favorite people, is really drawing this bridge because i think most people really view finance at least big big boy finance as i'll call it as a black box where you know if you're uh, if you're in private equity that's like other people like the average entrepreneur does i don't think knows about proper wealth management techniques about you know how to how to actually manage a portfolio even things like like asset classes and basic asset allocation i don't think they know so i really wanted to create a bridge between that world that you just mentioned and this kind of new Entrepreneurial world, so really, really exciting, man! Really exciting stuff, and, and what you broke down. So let, let's do a, a shameless plug here. We're about halfway through. Let's do let's do a short shameless plug, and then uh, we got some other topics to unpack. So, so how can people find out more about you? Get a hold of you if they, you know, if anything that Adam's resonated with you really hits home, you're like, oh man, this would be great. Uh, how can people reach out to you?
1: So, you know, I like really interacting with people and I love to give back and contribute. The best ways to connect with me is on Instagram at rtb. Also, the website, rtbfinancialgroup.com. Can, there's a lot of videos, a lot of very basic concepts and more sophisticated concepts, depending on what level you are. And one of the things I want to share is never get intimidated by the fact that you may not know a system or some type of jargon or strategy or some sort of a name of an investment or you know what derivatives are. That really it doesn't matter at this point because you know the first phase that you're gonna face is the exposure to it. You're gonna hear about it, then maybe you get curious about it, you're gonna start researching this, then you're gonna start practicing it and using some of those strategies and then you have mastery and domain as time goes by, so you know I didn't know much about finance when I started, and little by little, remember small drops fill big buckets. So you know the accumulation of those knowledge and power, and knowledge is power, but apply knowledge is even more powerful. And and the shameless plug for the financial powerhouse, which is the book that I have coming up. And also the program that we're going to have to show people how to build wealth, grow wealth, enjoy wealth, and create a legacy for themselves. And that's going to give you step-by-step strategies, what the traditional ways that have been around for years and years and what are the smart money strategies, what the 1% are using and doing today to accelerate their wealth building, growing, and enjoying. So, you know, no fear, courage, even if we don't know, even if we don't feel confident. It's just a matter of like getting exposed and then taking it to the next level and the next level.
0: That, that's huge. I think you know, you just say the word taxes and people like run for the hills, right? It's yep. uh, it, it's terrifying. I'm I myself being kind of in that millennial category. Like I like I hate it. I hate giving my money away, man. It, it makes me really sad. Hopefully, everyone listening also hates uh, giving their money away and is looking for. Emphasis on legal and time-tested strategies uh, to, to, yeah. to generate more wealth, and I think you know, I think that should be treated as a good thing because, look, if we can keep more money as entrepreneurs, that means we can generate more jobs, we can generate more value, we can generate more abundance and, and growth in the economy. So that's not anything against anybody else; It's just strictly like, how do we get to that legacy level wealth faster? How do we get to those impact points faster? How do we make bigger differences? you know look at all these great companies that are coming out in uh, in biotech where we have a lot of you know medicinal things that are coming out that couldn't have even been imagined 15 years ago much less the technology and everything else and that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for entrepreneurs right for, so for those of you listening like you guys are the future and we're here to to help give you guys the tools that's why I wanted to have Adam on here because these tools are they're they're hard to come by from a person that understands both sides of that bridge, right? That, that's able to understand the, the kind of the old school wealth management, portfolio management perspective, but still have enough insight into it. Look, I understand you want to run a cool company. I understand you, you know, you quote, want to stunt a little bit, like, like you want to show off a little, that's, that's okay. That, there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's, if you, that's part of why you run your business, the same applies. Even if, if you're a student, if you're somebody who's just a student and you're saying, look, I don't understand this thing. What Adam said is really, really important. Start today. You know, hop on his website, go do some research, even if it's not on his website, go start researching this stuff and get that fear out of your mind because the unknown as humans, the unknown really scares us. Right? If we don't know something or we don't understand something, we try and avoid it. And that's one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't get into asset management, proper cash flow management, uh way sooner. Man, if I would have gotten into that, you know, back in my uh back in my Wild West days, uh, if you will. Uh, man, I'd, I'd have, you know, I'd have exponentially more wealth, not just linearly more wealth, I'd have exponentially more wealth. And I was honestly just too intimidated to do it. I was like, you know, I'm just going to keep hustling. And I'm going to keep doing what I know. And I'm going to keep trying. And then, you know, tax season would come every year. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm getting hammered. And I thought that's just the way it has to be, right? I thought that's just the way it has to be. And I just got to earn more, I just got to earn more, I just got to earn more. I think a lot of people get caught in that trap of just earn more and more and more. But for those of you that are, that are listening that this is resonating with, really take a moment, take five minutes out of your day and go, wait a minute, hold on. If I can spend five, 10, 30 minutes learning something new in this space, that's going to save you that 30 minutes could save you 10 hours, 10 days, or even months of your life when it comes to quote, you know, hustling harder that uh, you get to keep so that you can do things that you enjoy. You can spend that time scaling your business. Uh, You can get those assets to work for you. Uh, as you've mentioned, so this this concept that that money is is a tool. So I just did a video recently called "The Power of Money," right? And I was in Miami. I was in this, this beautiful suite in Miami, overlooking all of Brickle Heights, and it, it was just it was beautiful. You yeah, have boats coming going down. And what a lot of people I think shy away from is money has an emotional hold on us, mm-hmm. and that comes from from childhood. You know, you mentioned you grew up in a big family. I grew up in, in a smaller family, but we're also kind of you know, my, my parents are scientists. So that we didn't we didn't have Rolls Royce money or anything like that. I always wanted Rolls Royce money. I'm like, I man, I want that, you know? <laughs> it's like, right. it awesome. I want a jet so bad. Um, so we're we're working on it. We're working on it. But yeah. well, the thing with that was it had this emotional component to it. I think money is one of the, one of those few things that it's it's a physical object it's, I think it's so fascinating. It's literally something we made up, right? We didn't want to trade and barter anymore. So we made up a, a hypothetical, completely hypothetical thing. It used to be backed by gold, but it's not, it's not even backed by anything now. It's just literally, it's literally a made up concept. And yet yeah. people spend their entire lives stressing over it, worrying about it, never having enough, sending themselves into, into you know, emotional downtrots, sending themselves into all sorts of ruts psychologically that, are a result of this thing that's made up. So one thing that you touched on towards the earlier part of this uh, podcast, I thought was fascinating. What was that money is really is a tool. It's the way that you use it. So can you talk about that? Like one is how do you separate the emotional component from the money? I think that one is so huge. It's huge for me. It's something I'm still working on to this day of really, you know, cause I mean, if, if I was to tell any person listening, Hey man, you're not going to be able to pay your rent next month there's a certain emotional component to that a hundred percent right so how do you make better decisions but the problem is that that emotional component prevents you from making better decisions right so it's a bit of a it's a give and take so number one is how do you separate the emotion from your monetary decisions and number two is that tool that you now have how do you use it better
1: yeah so this is a great point and i'm glad you're giving me the opportunity to talk about it because instead of actually trying to change the ways that we think is just reframing that energy and changing or transforming the relationship that we have with money and every one of us and i talk about it in the book every one of us has a relationship with money i mean you talk about mikhail how you know being a son of a professor and a scientist right you had a certain internal conversation that you have with money you know you wanted to maybe have that Rolls Royce, but maybe at the time you said to yourself, I don't think that I could ever have this, right? And so really stretching it and saying, no, I could have whatever it is that I want to set for myself. I can accomplish this. I can have this. Whatever, you know, maybe your domain now is not as big that you're saying to yourself, if I'll have this, that's stretching my reality at this point. Turning it from... I cannot do it to how can I do it? Having that internal conversation and the language, the internal language, you know, we we talk about how change your words, change your world, but it also goes through internally. What do we say to ourselves on a regular basis? Do we say, oh, I could never have this multimillion dollar house because I can't even pay rent right now. I can't even afford to. I got to have a roommate. I got to couch surf. I got to do all of those things. How could I ever do that? So, start asking yourself and shifting the words into the right direction and saying, How could I be able to have a starter home? How could I be able to get out of this leasing or renting and buying and having ownership, right? This has a lot of power. And all of a sudden, because you, again, we said we talked about aiming at something, it helps you create a destination and it helps you create value and finding ways to maybe we work that extra job. Maybe we create this extra entrepreneurial thing that we make money on the side. Maybe we do collaborate with other people and do revenue shares with them. Maybe we find the way that makes us unique and we create value for other people and we get compensated for it. And, you know, if you really, really want it, it's possible, right? And money is just like you were talking about, it's just value. So how do we create enough value and get value in return to help us you know be better and get to the next level that's really what it is and it's it again it's it goes back to the mindset and the shifting the relationship with the we have with money is a great place to start and you know I gotta point out like you know you and I and i I love you I think you're absolutely amazing and what you're doing for the community and and that's why I appreciate you so much Not only that you've you know, coached me and, and showed me some things that guided me on on marketing and a lot of other things that, uh, you know, I, I learn and I expand and I stretch and you help me stretch and you challenge me. And so I appreciate that a lot. You know, you and I, are we're sitting here, we're talking and we're both the embodiment of the American dream, right? And you and I didn't have that beginning and didn't have that start. And you can see that we're talking about And even though we have challenges on a regular basis, even today, right, whether we want to expand our business and we want to create a significant impact. And, you know, we face challenges, but yet we are lucky because, you know, we live in a capitalism. We have opportunities all around us. We can use things and learn from the 1%. And, you know, people hate on the 1% all the time. But here's the thing. We all have the same opportunity and instead of like being a victim and instead of saying, oh, you know, my cards were dealt like this and I can't do this. It's like, no, I am going to accomplish it despite what everything that happened and you're doing it and I'm doing it. And we align ourselves with people that we learn from and put us on the spot and stretch us. And that's really like helps us create value. And that's why we create in that success for ourselves. And that's why we want to give it back to other people. So that relationship is really, really important.
0: It's huge, man. That's huge. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm gonna tear up over here. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just it's touching and it's so huge. That's why I kind of I do th- this podcast. Uh, we've got a community rolling out. It's going to be a premium community, so it's okay community, but it's going to be for entrepreneurs, for business leaders. Because you know that concept of isolation that you mentioned before, right? This, this idea that you, you're trying to make your mark and you're in isolation and you kind of have to figure it out all on your own. I mean, let, let's be honest. Unless you are extremely lucky, where your parents are business owners or influencers or understand the industry that you're in in some capacity and have actually passed down positive thought patterns to you, then you're on your own, right? If you're an entrepreneur, you kind of, what do you have? You have YouTube, you can go to YouTube, you can kind of go and join some Facebook groups and you you can, you can hit some people up. You can try and find a mentor. If you're good at that, you can get a mentor. And and that's really precious. And we can touch on that in a moment. But this idea that if you want to make your mark, right, you listening, you want to make your mark. And you have to understand there's a whole community of people that are passionate about helping you get there. It's not just all about, you know, like this podcast is not about me. It's, it's you're the guest, but it really, the way you speak, it's not all about you, right? There's a lot of humility and there's a lot of grace that comes with the words that you speak here and and the knowledge that you pass on. And I'm really, really grateful for having you on. So thank you. Uh, But let's maybe talk about mentorship for a little bit. You know, what's, um, who are your mentors? And do you have any recommendations for people that maybe are, are looking to find a mentor?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let me touch for a second on the what you're talking about, community, because one of the things that we go through entrepreneurship as entrepreneurs, we go through an evolution, right? And I wanted to look back and kind of review what I had as an entrepreneur, as someone who struggled and someone who grew and became a successful entrepreneur you know we go through this evolution of in the beginning we're we're kind of a dependent individual you know we depend on parents we depend on our friends we depend on like you know investors maybe then invest in our ventures we you know as we acquire knowledge and then all of a sudden we become we evolve into be independent right we're like okay now we can do this we can do this on our own we can hire this person we can you know, collaborate with this individual and we can, you know, we learn those things and those skills and now we can create value in this way. But then one of the highest level of skills is to create intradependent where it's not only dependent on ourselves, but also on the community. And that's something that is very, very important to be able to do. Reach out to people and to leverage talents and skills and communities because, you know, even though... We are entrepreneurs and we can do things, you know, as a solopreneur, but imagine how much capacity we have as a community where you might have skills that I don't have. You have strengths that I don't have. And if I can have the ability to leverage that as a leader, right, and create a community, a cohesive community of people that want to contribute and want to give back, imagine how much we can give and how big of the things we can create. And that's something that I think is super important is often missed because we kind of want to keep it close to the vest. and But a lot greater things can create can be created when we're open for feedback. You know, people are afraid of feedback as they see it as criticism. But no, feedback is just a mirror to tell you, okay, well, you're doing this and it's good, but what if you were able to do that? You know, I equate it to as someone walking into a wall, right? You walk into a wall, the wall doesn't really just have an intention to tell you, oh, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. It just tells you, hey, I'm here. It just gives you feedback. And if you tune enough and open enough to take that feedback and create something, a solution to it and learn from it, your next exponential growth phase is coming. And that's something that is really, really valuable. And that's something that I really wanted to give and share with people.
0: I love it. I love it. All right. So let's talk, let's talk about you for a second. So obviously you've mentioned there, there's a lot that you can help uh, people with. And, and obviously all of the contact and everything that, that'll be provided in the show notes, a hundred percent so that people can get a hold of you. But I want, I want to touch on you for a brief moment. So I have this, this concept of the dark forest. And I, th- I think you and I might have talked about this, right? Where we kind of, no matter how gangster, how badass we are, we wake up. And I call this living in the meadow, right? We have this bright meadow of things that we know, and yeah, there's there, there's some challenges there, but we're we're kind of we're building our business, we're checking our emails, we're you know we're taking meetings, and and it's all kind of hunky dory. Yeah, you run into some some road bumps now here and there, but I also have this concept of, of the dark forest, right? So outside of the meadow, right next to it, is this dark forest, and that's that big audacious goal, that thing that really scares us, that we know we should be doing. Like, really, we should be waking up and right away going straight into the dark forest and trying to conquer it. So my question for you is, you've got this book coming out, you're really pivoting your brand. Uh, what is your dark forest currently? What What is your big challenge that kind of intimidates you? And if people are listening, what can they do to contribute? But let's start with, like, what what's, what's your dark forest? What's that, what's that thing that you're like, man, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. Like, for you.
1: Yeah, so... You know, I was in uh, one of those empowerment workshops. And, you know, as we as entrepreneurs, we always want to grow and improve ourselves. And I remember the first time that I said, I want to create a large enough legacy and a large enough wealth. And, you know, I had to put a number on it. And I said, I want to sell a company for a billion dollars. So, you know, a couple of years ago, I dabbled into the technology world. And again, from someone who came from the fitness and bodybuilding world, into the financial world, you know, technology wasn't really even in my domain or in my sphere. And all of a sudden, I found myself realizing through the financial industry, I realized that there is a real tremendous issue for the younger generation, that they're handed off this tremendous amount of debt. You know, student debt today is like, for example, 1.5 trillion with a T, trillion dollars and growing by over $100 billion a year. How do we tackle this? And then because of that debt, they're not able to buy houses. And there's a trickle effect on, you know, how successful they are in life. You know, that's why we see that a lot of, you know, younger millennials don't have even a thousand dollars to cover a basic emergency. Most millennials, right? Although we're the most educated generation that we've seen. And so this is a problem that I want to tackle. This is my dog forest. And, you know, I did create a company that is tackling the student debt issue and and home ownership and a down payment for a house. Stay tuned for that. And uh, we're going to roll it into employers and and large corporations to kind of give this as a benefit for employees that they'll be able to tackle this issue of student debt, but more so really be financially savvy, financially educated, so they can really create abundance and growth for themselves and their family. So, you know, my dark forest is now is the legacy that I want to create. And I let the purpose and my why be really, really strong and really, really deep. And that that's really my driving force to it. Because just like how I grew up and just like how, you know, I faced challenges. And I remember when I was in debt, I don't want anybody to experience it. And I want people to kind of have the light and learning from this. And if I could be any contribution, I would love to, to be a part of this life.
0: That's huge, man. Thank you. And again, if if anyone's listening that that this is vibing, definitely hit Adam up and and see, you know, that, that topic of, of kind of mentorship is there's always a lot more you can contribute. So don't hesitate to reach out and say, hey, man, like, what, what help do you need? Like, Let's say you're a student and you're like, what do I do? Because it's a, it's a scary position. I have a lot of people that message me on social media and they say, man, I don't know what to do here. I'm I'm six figures in debt. I get out of school. I don't have a job. In fact, the industry that I got my degree in is probably going to disappear in five years. What do I do? And these kids really feel like they were sold a bad hand. And that's really, really tough. That's really tough to be in. So you know, if you're listening, you're in that position. Just reach out. Like we're here to help you guys. Uh, that's why we do this. We do this for you. We, we really do. You know, there's a lot of legacy and impact that that goes behind this. And let's let's maybe talk about that. You mentioned you're kind of laying some new groundwork. What's uh, what's coming up next? What what are your next? so you've got a book coming out? Uh, what are the next projects that you're rolling out that people should be uh, keeping their eye on?
1: So the book is a big one. You know, as as someone who didn't speak English when I came to America, and, and you know, again, we talked about you and I having the American dream or living the American dream. You know, now I wrote a book and I'm super proud of it. And um, that's one of the big projects that I've uh, committed myself to. And then the tackling the student debt issue in America. One of the things that we're going to evolve that into in the future is just tackling debt. You know, whether it's credit card, one of the challenges that I see and one of the issues that I have with the system is that we almost like are given this predatory lending opportunity where people get into credit card debt and student debt. And, you know, we pay like 20 something percent APR. And I mean, all of those things that I see the institutions are giving us. And it's almost like they're giving us an opportunity, but it's you know farther from the truth. And so giving people the ability to really feel confident about how to tackle this, feel confident about how to not only get out of debt, but create tremendous amount of wealth and passive income for themselves and the family. That's, you know, what I see as my life work. And I align myself with, you know, mentors. You know, you talked about mentors. My mentors were people who also were, one of the mentors that I had, I was sharing about the attorney, the American attorney that was in my foster home. And then, you know, when I got into the financial industry, I had this uh, individual who, Actually, he grew up as being a gang member and, you know, his brother died in his hand and he turned his life around and married a superior court judge and I was a super successful entrepreneur and a financier and, um, you know, I learned a lot from him and and this has been like 10 years that we've been in contact. You know, I have a lot of people that are extremely successful. I work with people from Google. I work with people from you know, one of the founders of WhatsApp, a lot of individuals that we surround ourselves with. And, you know, don't get intimidated by this. You just meet them and you connect with them. And they're just like people like everybody else that are, they care about certain things and certain causes. And if you can connect with them and be your true authentic self, you know, you'll see that that it's, it's not only so much about the money, it's about what you stand out and what you want to create in the world. And you know, this is, this is really what I'm about now. This is, this is what I dedicate my time and my you know effort and energy to. I
0: love it. I love it. Uh, do you have any book recommendations or, you know, let, let's start with book recommendations, but also anything that you're paying attention to now that you find and would be cool. It could be an author. It could be um, a YouTube channel. It could be a, a podcast. It could be just, just somebody that nobody's ever heard of that they should check out. Um, do you have any recommendations that people could check out For just just what's, what's vibing with you now? It doesn't necessarily have to be, uh, you know, financial or anything like that. Just just what's vibing with Adam right now and what could people tune into?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, you, you and your podcast, I mean, you're an amazing, amazing resource and um, I encourage everybody who's, you know, haven't engaged with you as much to engage with you and learn more about you and what you're doing as output to the world. You know, give us gain. And that's what you're doing. You keep giving and giving and giving. And that's why you have such an amazing community. And so you first. And then, you know, a lot of people that I, I really enjoy, like, you know, Brenda Bouchard. I like the books that I mentioned earlier. Think and Grow Rich, The Automatic Millionaire. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I can take you to my library and kind of show you a little bit of...
0: Yeah, let's list a couple off together. This will be fun. Here we got Spin Selling.
1: Talk Your Way to the Top. The McKay MBA in Selling in the Real World. Leadership. This is one of my favorite books, actually. It's called Fierce Conversations. Um, And then Multiple Streams of Income. Oh, you got The Advantage by um, Lencioni. That's a good one. <laughs> Here's The Rich Dad and Poor Dad. You know, how to say it, how to make money with stock options. You know, this is expanding the domain, right? It's always learning about something. You're really, really good at it. Mikkel. You always share the books that you're reading. Here's the bull from the stock market you see right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, the essential of getting your book published, right? Even like some spiritual stuff like Kabbalah, you know, the fifth discipline. Uh, a lot A lot of different things here.
0: I love wow. it. Man. I, I think that's huge too. I think a lot of people, when they get into a certain industry, they, they limit themselves to content from that industry. I see that a lot with like high level professionals, whether they're, you know, in legal or, or whatever, they're like, yeah, I lead, I read like legal books and I'm like, that's, that's cool. But like sometimes you'll get this idea that is just so far out of left field out of a book that's completely not related. And uh, it went up creating a, a complete, pivot in the industry. I mean there has been entire industry pivots uh, that have resulted from from crossovers uh, like that. So, those of you that are listening, don't don't hesitate to uh, to reach out. So, we're uh, we're coming up on a flat hour here. I know uh, you you have things to do. I have things to do as well, but before we wrap, just wanted to kind of remind all the listeners all of Adam's socials will be in the show notes. RTB Financial will be in the show notes. Financial Powerhouse will be in the show notes please take the time to check it out. If you found this of value, don't hesitate to reach out to Adam directly on Instagram. Uh, I know you, you respond to all the messages that you get. And uh, that's really great. If you have questions that relates to finance, debt, lifestyle, mindset, you know, take the time connect, you might be finding a, a great mentor or great connection or a great little piece of insight that's going to make your world a bigger, better, brighter place. What I'd like to do to wrap is this is the usual kind of uh, Tim Ferriss-esque kind of question. So Tim Ferriss at the end of his podcast asks, if you had one message to put on a billboard, what would it be? And mine's a little different. Mine is kind of like, let's say you're, you're old and you're gray and you have you know, you, your final day on this great earth and you have your, your grandchildren and your children and your family around you. And you have one thing that you could pass on to them that will impact their life in a positive way. Like, What would that one thing be for you?
1: My thing would be possibilities. Everything is possible. You know, one of my uh, favorite people uh, talked about everything is possible. Even the word impossible say I am possible. And another thing along the same line says, if you will it, it's no longer a dream. So if you have the ability to conceive it in your mind and think about it, that means that this could be created, right? You think about all those people who created extraordinary things. Like, do we think that people like thousands years ago think that they could fly? You know, this is all a product of people's imaginations and dreams. And, you know, what Walt Disney did, what Michael Jordan did, what all of those achievements, what Steve Jobs did, all of those individuals who created extraordinary things, right? This is all a product of thoughts, right? We say, you know, thought becomes words, words becomes actions, actions becomes habits, and habits become who you are. And so do not be afraid to dream, create that want and desire that is bigger than yourself, because everything is possible. And if you can imagine it, if you can dream it, It's no longer just in the contained dream. It is possible to have a practical action and create results from it.
0: That's amazing, brother. Thank you so much for hopping on. In in closing, as always, this has been the Hustle System podcast where we dissect the patterns of success and failure, top entrepreneurs, business leaders, influencers, and my favorite people in the world. You can find us on all socials at Hustle System, if you like this podcast, please leave us our review on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you are currently on. Today has been Adam Barr with RTB Financial and Financial Powerhouse. Brother, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for hopping on. And as always, thank you everyone for listening. I will see you in the next one.
1: It really is a revolution. Flipping, uh, We've never wavered in that vision I believe We should strive to do things in this Everything you hold worthwhile is at stake Beyond yourselves and ourselves I have a dream Freedom is indivisible so I took the initiative in creating the internet That app comes with incredible rapidity after Still trying to get myself
0: adjusted.